0: Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5. KPL. that's not good if my headphones are starting to cut out because then I wouldn't be able to hear y'all if you call in 232-1542, that being the number, or you can send a message to the k app chat. I don't need headphones to see your messages there, but it would be nice to hear y'all if y'all called in, but you can do so or send a message to the app. I have to tell you, right now, you need to go to kapel965.com. 965com There's a story that just published. It is of your interest, each and every one of you listening. A French nun has tackled a climate protester for interrupting construction of a new pilgrim center in a small French village. I love it. She uses perfect form. I mean, you're a nun. You're part of the... Uh, you are part of the sisters. You're the missionary family of Our Lady, the Famille Missionnaire de Notre Dame. You are the missionary family of Our Lady, the nuns of Saint-Pierre-de-Colombier in, the, uh, in France. The nuns there have been counter-protesting some climate protesters that are trying to interfere in the construction of a basilica. In that village, they're trying to build this religious center, the Pilgrim Center, this basilica, all part of a big construction project. The climate protesters there have been uh, very eager to stop that construction. They say there's a handful of rare plants that are not being properly protected. They've called for more and more environmental studies. They are trying to stop construction, trying to chain themselves to the construction equipment. The nuns went out there and formed a human chain around the construction equipment while it wasn't in use to stop the protesters from chaining themselves to it. Uh, At one point, I'm not sure what led up to this moment, but at one point, one of the nuns chases a protester down and tackles him, bringing him to the ground. Uh, and getting him away from that construction site. It was beautiful form. I do not know, however, if the Chicago Bears have reached out to try to sign the Nun for their miserable defense. One can only hope. Anyway, 232-1542 is the number, or you can call in. I'm sorry, that is the number to call in, or you can send a message through the KPEL app chat. Now, I do need to see I'm way behind I was working on the nun story and didn't get set up to be able to see the app chat as they, as it comes in but anyway i i've I've been torn on how to go about the speaker's fight today because we do have developments obviously uh there was a plan as of this morning to basically get Republicans on board side with some Democrats and get Patrick McHenry to be the speaker pro tem long term with enough power to be able to put uh to to bring bills to the floor. see right now, Patrick McHenry is a speaker pro tem, but he does not have the power to bring bills to the floor. They can do resolutions, but they can't do full-on bills. And most importantly, they can't do appropriations. See, all the money has to be appropriated first in the House. They are the keeper of the purse, according to the Constitution. So, continuing resolutions to continue funding the government, appropriations bills to fund the government, sending aid packages to Ukraine and Israel, none of that can go forward unless there is a speaker with the power to bring those bills forward. Jim Jordan lost his second vote yesterday. There was supposed to be a third vote today. They canceled that in lieu of trying to get this deal going. Uh, and then toward, I think it was probably around one thirty or 2 our time today, uh, Jordan came out and said, no, we're not going with that. He's going to continue working on Republicans. I guess they will try for a vote tomorrow. Uh, it's it's just chaotic. And, and one of the things that is really playing out behind the scenes, I told you guys a little bit of this the other day, part of the problem is there is a group of Republicans, they don't have a problem with Jim Jordan per se, although they're starting to get aggravated because they wanted the McHenry thing to go through and just have a caretaker speaker for a bit. They weren't so much mad at Jordan as they were mad at Matt Gates. Now, Matt Gates is the dog who caught the mail truck, if you remember me talking about that most recently. Um, Matt Gates didn't have a plan. All he wanted to do was get rid of Kevin McCarthy, and he did. And he sided with seven other Republicans and all the Democrats, which is one thing that's really bothered me when the media has talked about this. They've talked about the Republicans being in disarray and how the Republicans are at fault here for not being able to elect a speaker. And when the media and the Democrats are saying this, they are obfuscating the fact that every Democrat who was present at the vote sided with Matt Gates to take out Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy would still be the speaker and they would still be able to pass their appropriations, pass their continuing resolutions, fund Israel and fund Ukraine, without any of these problems, but they didn't have the foresight to know that there would be conflict in Israel. They didn't have the foresight to know that the Republicans would have this bitter internal battle. All they knew was, hey, we can cause a little bit of chaos among the Republicans by helping them get rid of Kevin McCarthy. Matt Gates didn't have a plan. Nancy Mace didn't have a plan. Some of these others that voted with Gates and and, and uh, Nancy Mace and some of these others, they, they didn't have a plan. And now there is chaos in the House and everybody's frustrated and they want there to be a speaker now. And there's no speaker. And there doesn't look like there will be a speaker before next week. And keep in mind that we are a a little over, I I think that we're, we're a little under, actually, I think, 30 days between now and when they're supposed to be. Uh, Another government shutdown because there is no continuing resolution. There are no appropriations bills to bring the uh, to bring the the, uh, to to fund the government. You know, it's supposed to be mid-November, I think, is when the next shutdown is going to be if there is no funding for the government. And they can't get that and they can't do any negotiating or anything like that right now because the House can't put forward a bill. Very tricky situation for the Democrats and the Republicans, for the House in general. And I know that there are a lot of people who support Matt Gates and what he did, but because there wasn't a plan, here's what ended up happening, and here's why things are such a struggle right now. See, Matt Gates did not have a plan. He goes, he, he gets this uh, motion to vacate together, all the Democrats side with him, and then he immediately turns around and says, you know what, I think I'd like Jim Jordan to be the Speaker. And who's running for Speaker at that moment? Jim Jordan. So now all those people who are mad at Matt Gates for doing this don't want to reward his bad behavior by voting for Jim Jordan. Now, some of them have problems with Jordan, some of them don't like how conservative he is, some of them don't like his connections to Trump and how loudly he's voiced support for Trump. But a lot of it has to do with the fact they don't want to reward what they see as bad behavior. In throwing the house into chaos is what they are considering to be bad behavior. And so they are they don't want to be part of that. They don't want to give Matt Gates the satisfaction of ha- of claiming this is a win, even though Gates had no idea this is how it would play out. That Jordan would be a top contender. He had no clue. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that you have to remember on this. And this is why I think a lot of even really strong conservatives in the house behind the scenes are mad at Matt Gates. Matt Gates rallied the troops to vote against a continuing resolution that returned spending to 2019 levels, didn't cut the military budget, and overall would have been a general cut in spending, but he trashed it because he didn't like Kevin McCarthy. And so what ended up happening, Kevin McCarthy passed a clean continuing resolution that did not have any cuts in it whatsoever that didn't uh, do any of the things they really want the conservatives really wanted, but he got Democrats to support that one, and so Matt Gates says, See he worked with Democrats we got to get rid of him. but it was Gates who put McCarthy in that position in the first place. now, what infuriates me is that it has me defending McCarthy from gates i don't like Kevin McCarthy I don 't like sitting here defending him, but Matt Gates solely to get rid of Kevin McCarthy screwed up actual real budget cuts and threw the House into chaos and nothing can be done. Right now, the Biden administration is planning on sending $100 million to Gaza. There could at least be an attempt by conservatives to put forward a bill and say, we're going to shut off the tap for the White House because they can do that. The, the House can cut, they can tighten the purse strings. They can say, no, you don't have this money. The House could do that, but they can't even, the Conservatives can't even try to offer that fight because there is no Speaker of the House. They can't put forward a bill to rein in the spending on the executive branch. They can't cut the funding to the Biden administration to prevent them from doing that. They can't do any of that. They can't tighten the purse strings because there is nobody there to tighten the purse strings. There's just chaos in the House. And so it's infuriating. We would love. To see Israel get extra funding, Israel get extra aid, because right now the nations around Israel in the Middle East are siding with Hamas, siding with Gaza, and Israel's in more danger than ever. Then, on top of all that, we had earlier today the U.S. intercepting uh, intercepting fire from militants in the Middle East. It's a bad, bad, bad situation. And there's no leadership in the House to stand athwart the Biden administration on this. Something has to be done on it. But here's the other thing. Everybody in the media is focusing on the Republican Party and the lack of leadership, and they're not paying any attention whatsoever to the fact that, one, Democrats caused this chaos by joining with Matt Gates, and two, that you had a member of the House of Representatives, several members of the House of Representatives inciting a riot on the Capitol lawn. There was an incursion into the Capitol. By pro-Hamas protesters in Washington, D.C. And nobody's paying attention to any of that. They're all focused on the soap opera that is the House Speaker fight. They get to run cover for Joe Biden because of everything going on in the House. The media will never be held properly to account for supporting Hamas talking points. Rashida Tlaib will never be held to account for inciting a riot, a pro-terror riot on the Capitol lawn. She'll never be held to account for that. There's nobody there to hold her account for it. But everybody's focusing on the drama. It's infuriating. Nothing can get done so long as people like these are running the clown show. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message to the KPL app chat. I know a couple of messages have come in. I'll talk to you guys off the air and on the air when we get back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation Shout out to Scott reaching out to the show and reminding us all that, yes, Republicans do need to pull their heads out. I don't know where Scott is saying Republicans need to pull their heads out from. I think I can use my imagination, but I don't also want to visualize that. But anyway, I think I know what he's saying there. Steve checking in on the app, too, uh, talking about Republicans who don't want to reward bad behavior. And Steve is absolutely right. Part of the problem is rhinos have for years been spending ungodly amounts of money, have been going behind conservatives' backs to make deals with Democrats. Kevin McCarthy himself did that. Kevin McCarthy himself sold his soul in various ways to various people over time to get the power he needed. He's never been a conservative. At best, he's been a fence-sitter, and at worst, he's been fairly liberal when it comes at least to spending. Republican leadership has not been very conservative. There was the opportunity to get somebody like Jim Jordan to be a conservative Speaker of the House, but the moderates are standing up and saying no. Steve's absolutely right on that. And now we're in this chaotic mode in the House— where a lot of people are really mad at each other, and there's no resolution in sight. So who knows? I, I I don't know how this gets resolved. All I know is that, going back to what Scott said, yes, Republicans need to pull their head out of wherever their heads are. I don't know if we'll get to that, but I don't know if Republicans are smart enough to pull their heads out, but we need something. I, I, I happen to know there are a bunch of people on the House side, uh, staffers, to congressmen, who are like, I want to go work on campaigns or in the Senate because this is nonsense. This is BS. I don't want to be here anymore dealing with all this stuff. All right. Let's take a break. We'll get our commodities report. We'll reset. When we come back, we'll talk about the the Sidney Powell thing in Georgia, I guess. I don't know. Who, who would have thought that Sidney Powell, Powell would be a reliable narrator after all the things Republicans said about it? Anyway, we'll have that and more here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPEL two three two fifteen forty two is the number, or you can send a message through the KPEL app chat. You can also reach me, by the way, on Twitter, at Joe P. Cunningham. One of our listeners there, I refer to him as PPC on the air from time to time, uh, made a very good point earlier. At least the bad government spending stops, which is absolutely true. The only problem is, uh, is what comes after. The next 30 or so days is up. Yeah, we can't spend billions in foreign aid to Ukraine or anything like that and and have basically unchecked money going out to different places. But at the same time, there's no one to turn the spigot off, which is, I I think, a, a pretty big problem as well. The House has the power to turn the spigot off. They haven't chosen to use that power, but if the House could have a conservative speaker right now, They could absolutely do that. They could put that forward. They could turn off the aid that the Biden administration is sending out and send more directed aid through appropriations themselves. But they can't do that because there's no leader right now, which is a a pretty bad thing. Now, I want to get to the Sidney Powell thing. Uh, Took a guilty plea in the Georgia case. But I also want to mention this, by the way, because this has been extraordinary. We talked about the the Baptist Hospital in, in Gaza. And how Hamas claimed that the Israelis blew it up. Then, as we saw a video, it turned out it was was the uh, it was a Islam Jihad group, Uh, Islamist Jihad group. I think that they're an affiliate of Hamas, but they aren't Hamas directly. But they're the ones who fired the rocket. It misfired, hit the parking lot near the hospital. Didn't even really hit the hospital. Did minimal damage to the hospital. But Hamas instantly claimed that 500 were dead. Here's the New York Times: their progression of stealth editing. Their headlines thinking nobody would notice. The first, the first headline: Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospitals, Palestinians say. Then they edit: at least five hundred dead in strike on Gaza hospital, Palestinians say. At least five hundred dead in blast on Gaza hospital, Palestinians say. That's when it became clear that it doesn't look like it was a strike. First, they questioned whether it was an Israeli strike, so they took Israeli strike. Then they just said it was a strike on Gaza hospital. Then they realized it wasn't a strike, it was a misfire, so they changed that to blast. Now, the most recent headline, Israelis and Palestinians blame each other for a blast at Gaza hospital that killed hundreds. And you know what we find out today? Turns out it didn't kill hundreds. Far cry from it. They also published that story with an image of a destroyed building surrounded by rubble. And the story mentioned rubble of a ruined hospital. The problem is the building wasn't the hospital. But the media is accepting Hamas talking points and propaganda as actual news. That leads me to, uh, to this next part right here. The media is now back to regurgitating Hamas talking points. The Israelis still don't know how many are dead as a result of the initial Hamas strike. But somehow the Hamas knows that 4,000 people were killed by Israelis. They have an exact number. They, the, the exact number I saw a little while ago, 3,785 and more than 13,000 injured, Palestinian health officials say. Palestinian health officials, the health ministry run by Hamas. Yeah, see, that's a problem. Hamas says nearly 4,000 people have been killed, 13,000 injured. Run with it. But if Israel claims that Hamas beheaded babies, the media wants evidence. They want proof. Hamas claims Israel blew up a hospital. They're going to run with that, and then as they'll walk it back stealthily without ever acknowledging it. It's infuriating. The media is on the side of Hamas. They are. They are against Israel. It's extraordinary to see just how deep the anti-Semitic rot is among the left, among the media. It's really. It's. It, it's not that surprising, but it's still shocking. You understand what I'm saying, like. It's like if you've watched a scary movie before, you know the jump scare is coming. You know it's coming. You've seen the movie before, and yet the jump scare happens. You still kind of startle a little bit, you know? That's what this is. Anyway, let's turn our attention to Georgia. So Sidney Powell, a former attorney uh, who was part of, at at some level, part of the the Trump team in the post-2020 election, claiming the election was stolen. Um, Sidney Powell has taken a plea deal, uh, will plea to some non-felony charges, get no no jail time. Uh, Kind of giving away the game, it's kind of basically understood that this is an exchange for uh, testimony against Donald Trump. Here's the thing. The left spent a very long time calling Sidney Powell a kook. And now all of a sudden she's the prosecution's key witness against Donald Trump, or one of the key witnesses against Trump. She made a lot of claims, a lot of claims, claims that were tossed out of court, like immediately. Um, The left has repeatedly mocked her, called her a liar, called her a lunatic, accused her of trying to undermine democracy. And now all of a sudden, man, she's going to be the one to sink Trump. Are you sure? Are you sure Sidney Powell? is the reliable narrator you want. Really? Really? Is that how you want to go about this? Do you want Sidney Powell? The person that people even on Trump's inner circle said was a lunatic. You really think she is going to be the thing that seals it? Now, yeah, overall, it's not great for Trump. If people are starting to turn and say they'll they'll uh, testify against Trump, that's overall not good for Trump. This is still a, a long shot case. The only here is the Rico aspect, which makes it so incredibly broad, they could get him on something, maybe. But this isn't the strongest case against Trump—the Rico case. I, I still think the MarlaGo documents case is probably the strongest one against Trump. Just from, just just objectively saying, all they have to do is prove that that they tried to hide the documents, that they lied to uh, to a grand jury, tried to hide evidence and documents from a grand jury. All they have to do is prove that. If what they're saying they have is true, they they could get Trump on that. It's not about whether or not he had the right to the documents. If grand jury says you have them and you tell the grand jury no, and then you're trying to hide it, that's a problem. That's a legal problem. I don't think the RICO case is nearly as problematic for Trump as that one. But if people are turning against Trump to testify against him to save their own butts, that could be problematic for Trump. But if you're resting your hat on Sidney Powell being the person who's going to deliver Trump to the prosecutor, uh, I don't know. Not, not sure on that one, chief. But hey, strange things have happened. Strange things like Sidney Powell being somehow now a hero among the Democrats. I mean, it's just very, very weird. Uh, the problem, there are plenty of people in Trump's inner circle who have said that she wasn't actually that close to Trump. She wasn't among the inner circle. She, she wasn't there advising him day to day. She wasn't really coordinating any of it. She wasn't part of any coordination. She would come in, she would make these claims, and, and a lot of the folks in Trump's inner circle would kind of snicker behind her back. And then she would leave the room, and they'd say, okay, back to the serious business. They'd talk about this stuff that they were legitimately concerned over. She wasn't really that involved. I think Mark Meadows is one of the ones who's been out there saying Sidney Powell was not part of the inner circle. She wasn't part of the the this inner, you know, this the inner workings of the Trump campaign. It's unclear if she actually knows much of anything that was going on in the Trump campaign during all this. So it's very unlikely that that she's going to be able to provide anything of substance, but she did make this plea deal. I think is very interesting. Um Again, I just the Rico case, I just in terms of how broad it is, can be problematic for Trump legally. The Mar-Lago case is the one that you gotta watch out for. Uh, the special counsel cases in in DC, uh I, I I don't I don't see much of anything there. I mean, we know that the uh the Manhattan case is just absolutely disgraceful. and the the current uh property values case is uh is, is very bizarre, too, with the judge trying to, to conflate and enforce uh, bank appraisals and investment appraisals, which are two different things, and trying to impose uh, appraisals by New York standards to Florida standards and trying to say that Mar-a-Lago is worth uh, you know, X amount and quarter acre properties surrounding Mar-a-Lago are worth way more than that. I mean, there's a lot of bizarre things about that case, but there's there's a lot of desperate people trying. They just want to get Trump on something, which undermines the entire effort. If you want to get Trump, don't stretch the law to do it. But they're, they're, they're more interested in, in getting Trump on something. They're throwing everything against the wall to try to get him, and it's really kind of embarrassing because the, the links they are going to legally are ridiculous on their face, and a lot of people are going to walk away with egg on their face but they can say, hey, I, ones who are like prosecutors who were running for re-election say, hey, I tried to prosecute Trump. I'm the one who took him to court. They're going to run. They're going to fundraise off of that, and they'll get re-elected for it. They won't be punished for the fact that they're bringing some really ridiculous charges and cases before the courts. All two fifteen forty two is the number. KPL app chat. You can go share your thoughts there. We'll take this final break, wrap up the show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL, stick around. Y'all, oh my God. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5K. I happened to look at Twitter during the break, and um, my buddy Matt posted a, a screenshot and a tweet. It said, in 1983, they had a Saturday morning cartoon about a talking Rubik's Cube named Rubik that lived with a Mexican family, and his main villain was a gypsy. Rubik was an idiot when mixed up, but you had to solve him for him to talk. I thought clips I saw of that show were a fever dream but it's real and then I went and I I looked up uh the theme song for Rubik the Amazing Cube and oh my god I remember the song my name is Julius Mike. amazing. Hello, my name is Rubik. That is incredible. The 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 80s and early 90s were a, a lawless time in terms of what cartoons were being made. Some really good ones and then some bizarre fever dreams. Uh, and Rubik the Amazing Cube was absolutely one of those fever dreams. Um, and it's weird because I've been having these bouts of nostalgia lately with old cartoons, things like that. I mentioned, I think, yesterday... Uh, the the voice actress who has voiced a lot of things from my child. If you're a millennial or younger, or you have a kid who's a millennial or younger, um, Tara Strong is the voice of of childhood from millennials and young. I mean, just Tara Strong has been for decades doing some great voices. Uh, some of those voices that I remember in particular was the Batman uh, animated series. I mean, she was Batgirl and then later uh, Harley Quinn, the Joker's girlfriend in that one. But she's done a lot. She Powerpuff Girls. Uh, Rugrats, I mean, tons, tons of of cartoons from my childhood. But I, I, after kind of thinking about that, I've been on this wave of nostalgia, and now my buddy Matt brings up Rubik the Amazing Cube, which I swear I thought was a fever dream, and it's not. And and now I'm gonna go find clips of it. Um, that's what I'm going to do with my evening. I'm I have I have pork that's in the slow cooker. We're gonna do pulled pork out of the slow cooker for dinner. And I'm going to watch clips of Rubik the Amazing Cube on my phone. I think I'm going to maybe my 11 year olds here at the studio with me, maybe she and I will watch that together. Um, and I will say, look, honey, this is the lawless wasteland that was the eighties and nineties and just get her to relive some of that very strange magic or all the, the audio audiovisual drugs that we were on as kids. Anyway, that's it for me. Uh, I, I couldn't bear to talk about politics anymore, and Matt gave me a good reason to, to diverge from the topic of the day in that last segment. Anyway, I've retweeted that by Matt Dawson on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. You can see what I'm referring to at Joe P. Cunningham on Twitter, facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham show. Email is joe at redstate.com. Go check me out on Substack. Look, uh, Joe Cunningham show on Substack. You'll find me there. The podcast version of the show, most of what I write at Red State also goes there as well. You can find me on Red State, find me on Substack. If you want to listen to the podcast through Apple, Spotify, wherever, go ahead and do that. Be sure you leave a rating and a review. That helps the algorithm kind of push the show out to more and more eyes. Let's grow the show, folks. That's all I want to do. You guys have a great one. I will talk to you again tomorrow as we wrap up the week here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Y'all have a great one.